Live from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Paul Padalaw and Subaru of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. It is day two of the 2023 NFL Draft, live from Kansas City. DeMond Cotton back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I am here on ground zero. I'm here hanging out, having a good time, and Man, last night was an action-packed round one, and I'm sure everyone soaked it in and had a really good day seeing everything that happened, not only for the Silver and Black, but every team across the NFL that was uh, represented in round one. And uh, there was a lot more moving, a lot more shaking than I expected, but uh, it's all good, man. It was great to see uh, that round one in the books and knowing that there's rounds two and three coming up this evening, and then four, five, six, and seven will close things out coming up on Saturday. We've got action-packed show today, wall-to-wall coverage of the Raiders' first selection in Tyree Wilson, the defensive edge out of uh, out of Texas Tech. Obviously, I uh, talked to him on Wednesday. I was able to talk to him and catch up with him following the selection yesterday. Talked to his head coach, Joey McGuire, last week. So I guess the stars align for edge rusher Tyree Wilson to be selected number seven overall by the Silver and Black. But we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage, including his uh, press conference that he's going to have at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in a matter of minutes. That'll kick us off on the opening drive as DeMond's monitoring that. And as soon as we get the thumbs up, we'll go live to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll also hear from Sam Kahn from The Athletic. He uh, He's the guy that they call the Techspert. What do I mean by that? He covers every school in the state of Texas as far as college football goes. And, of course, he's dipped his toes into high school football as well, which we all know Texas high school football is incredible. But he uh, covers all the colleges in Texas, and so he's very familiar with Tyree Wilson. He's very familiar with him when he was at Texas A&M. He's very familiar with him when he was at the Red Raiders. He's very familiar with his head coach, Joey McGuire. So he'll catch up with us at 1230 to give us a skinny on all things Tyree Wilson. Just kind of get us up to date on what's going on with the edge rusher, the newest member of the Silver and Black. And I'll tell you right now off the top of the show, I was very happy about that selection last night. I really was. We had people here in the media room that were giving me a bad time when the Raiders were on the board saying, you know they're about to take Will Levis. You know they're about to take this guy or that guy or the other. And I was like, man, don't put that. Don't put that on me like that, man. Don't do me like that. And then once they made the selection for Tyree Wilson and everyone kind of looked over at me and was like, damn, damn, the Raiders made a good pick. The Raiders made a good pick. I mean, it's a damn shame that it's a surprise, right? It's a damn shame that it's a surprise. But how many times have I walked out of the first round? And I mentioned this yesterday plenty of times to people. I said, I don't know how many times I left the first round of the draft thinking, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, and there's been times I had to convince myself that it was a really good pick. But This pick, to me, felt like it was a really good pick. Uh, We had talked about Tyree Wilson. We had talked about him quite a bit leading up to the draft. Of course, he's got the foot injury, but I think he'll be – I think he'll be just fine. He said last night that he's going to be, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be good to go for camp, and, and that's, that's all that really matters. But you get that three-headed monster out there, Tyree Wilson, Max Crosby, and Chandler Jones, and they can all be on the field at the same time, Raider Nation, make no mistake about it. I think that's going to be a really good thing. So we'll deep dive into all things Tyree Wilson. Uh, we'll hear from him as he's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll hear from Sam Kahn from The Athletic, who covers uh, all things Texas college football. And, of course, there's a lot of great college football played in the state of Texas. So Sam Kahn will catch up with us at 12.30. Then at 1 o'clock, the voice of the Silver and Black, Jason Horowitz, will join us. He's actually here in Kansas City. He is hosting his 12th 
uh, NFL draft. And so he's preparing for the draft right now on day two of the draft. And he said, hey, man, I got to come on the show and, and talk about the pick and talk about the rest of the draft. And I said, done deal records. So he's coming up at 1 o'clock. Jason Horowitz live from Kansas City. Now, he's not going to be here at the table. He'll uh, Unfortunately, he, he's not going to be at the table for a little bit longer. Uh, so we'll have to call him on the phone. But that's all right. We'll have uh, Jason Horowitz joining us at 1 o'clock. Also, I uh, had that conversation with Joey McGuire last week. We're going to rerun it. We're going to re-rack it, right? I mean, a lot. Of, it's so funny how it worked. And, and, and even when I caught up with uh, Tyree Wilson last night, had the little quick interview with him, and uh, I was I was sending a text to the SID there at, at Texas Tech thinking, wow, it really happened because we had been texting back and forth like, man, uh, I want to get Joey on to talk about Tyree just in case he becomes a Raider. And he was like, yeah, that'd be cool. You'll like him. He's a good guy. And as soon as I pressed send on the text last night, he literally popped his head around the corner and was like, Q. <laughs> I was like, what's up, man? And he was like, I thought I heard your voice. And so he just, you know, we had never met each other. So Matt Dowdy, he's the SID over at uh, Texas Tech. Uh, he kind of gave me the rundown on Tyree a little bit more and said that uh, Joey McGuire, his head coach, his daughter is getting married pretty soon. So he's going to get him back onto the show with us. So I'm excited about that. Also, we're going to hear from the defensive coordinator from Texas Tech at some point in the next week or so uh, to talk about Tyree Wilson. And also, the defensive coordinator at Texas Tech coached Devontae Adams at Fresno State. So we got a little double dip there. So, I mean, sometimes, man, you know, a closed mouth don't get fed. So you just got to open your mouth to see what happens. And that probably didn't sound right for a a family show, but it's okay. (laughs) Hey, yo. My my man Steve Foster just walked by and his eyes got big. Like, okay, <laughs> I see what you're laying down there, Q. I hear you. I ain't mad at you, but no, nah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good, man. I'm, I'm excited about the the wall to wall coverage we'll have a uh, Tyree Wilson uh, in the next few week or week or so, and and also the rest of the draft picks because there's still so much to this draft that's gonna be coming up, right? I mean, there's so much to uh, second round, third round today, picks 38, pick 70, pick 100. That's what they're scheduled to have right now. Doesn't mean that they're going to use all three. Doesn't mean they won't get more than three, right? There's so many things that the Raiders can do. Today is a really good day uh, to continue to build that roster. And then Saturday, four, five, six, and seven, with the, all those picks that they have, they can also get uh, get creative with what they do there and continue to bolster the roster. There's plenty of talent still left in the green room. Guys that they expected to go on day one didn't go, like Will Levis, like Joey Porter Jr., Right, uh, Trenton Simpson. I mean, there's guys that are there. Hendon Hooker, hardcore. I see you. I see you. you, you hey, look, man. I'll tell you right now, and I know hardcore is listening. I guarantee you that that would be a fantastic pick. I, I would. Hey, man, if the Raiders made a move, I would be the first one to come on the radio and be like, "Hey, there you go. Got your got your guy. Got him at a good spot. Think it was a great location. Uh, there you go. I, I would I would be the first one to say." That's a really good pick if the Raiders decided to go and make a move for Hendon Hooker. But there's a lot of really good talent that is even still on the board, you know, for early in the second round and guys that were expected to go in the first round that are in Kansas City or in the green room or even guys like Will Levis who aren't in the green room and have left Kansas City uh, and decided not to stick around. I think if you're going to make the trip to Kansas City and you don't want to come back to the green room on day two, you might as well still hang out in the city, right? I mean, just might as well, but. I guess not. So, so there's that. But uh, yeah, we're 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 excited about what we got for you. Of course, we're only on till two o'clock this afternoon. Then we'll uh, throw the sticks to to uh, JT the Brick and Eric Allen, who are at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. They'll lead you all the way up to the start of round two. Uh, so they'll be on from two to four. Of course, Lincoln Kennedy will be part of it as well. So I uh, want to throw it out there. Want to throw the show topic out there as we do each and every day as we're waiting for Tyree Wilson to get ready to start his presser so we can get into the opening drive. But uh, the question that I want to throw out there, what are your thoughts, Raider Nation? Tyree Wilson at seven. 
You know, a lot of people called into the show for the last few weeks and have said, build it from the inside out, inside out, trenches, trenches, trenches. Okay, the Raiders went and did that. I saw a lot of good reaction on Twitter. I saw a lot of strange negative reaction on Twitter, which just makes me scratch my head, but okay, that's fine. So I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on Tyree Wilson at seven? And then what's next? They got 38, 70, and 100. That's their scheduled picks today. Who or what should they target? That's the question that I have for you, and you can hit us up at any time that we don't have a guess or that Tyree Wilson's not there at the at the podium, 702-365-9200, or the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Demond, I'll start with you. What did you think of the pick at, at number seven, Tyree Wilson? I'll, I'll tell you, uh, a part of me that didn't think that I was going to be nervous when the pick came up, still a little part of me was a little nervous when the pick came up before they, uh, before they made the call, Tyree Wilson. For me, it, it almost felt like the Raiders kept getting cut in line with all the trades that were happening before. I was like, man, when are they actually just going to be able to pick? But then once it was Tyree Wilson, I thought, like, hey, that's going to be the guy. He failed to them where I, because before it was like, hey, he's not going to be there. He, he could be the number two pick. But once they made that announcement that it was Tyree Wilson, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick for the Raiders. I'm happy you know, with this pick. Yeah, I, I was too. I was very happy with the pick. And, and I'll say this. I think that uh, Devin Witherspoon going to Seattle, uh, who didn't see that one coming, right? I mean, I didn't I didn't think that that was coming at all. But then I remember when we had talked to Stacey Joe Rost, I had asked, like, hey, as a corner, someone that, that uh, you know, the, the Seahawks could be targeting. And she was like, I don't think so, but you never know. And, you know, they're trying to rebuild that defense. And, and look, I thought that, that was a really good pick. Get Devin Witherspoon go number five overall to Seattle, combine him with Tariq Woolen. Uh, that was good. And then that made Detroit back out. I'll say this. I think Detroit, they, they made me scratch my head a little bit with what they did with going and getting Jameer Gibbs early and then getting Jack Campbell early. But they're two good players, right? They're really two good players. But, you know, if that had been the Raiders that had done that, that would be what we'd be talking about, the ultimate reach, right? That's, that's exactly what we'd be talking about. But they did exactly what Mike Mayock in the past had said about the, the Raiders. We identify our players, and we don't care what the board says. We're going to get them when we want to get them. So, Maybe it works out for them. Maybe it doesn't. But I know it didn't work out for the Raiders very well when they went with that approach. So uh, I, I like the fact that, that Dave Ziegler didn't reach on, uh, on, on Tyree Wilson. He was a guy that many people thought could go as early as number two. He ends up going number seven, so he's a top ten pick, and he was expected to be a top ten pick. So I'm, I'm good with it. And, again, it's addressing an area of need, which is defense, and that's what we all know that the Raiders need in a major way is defense. So – there you go. So hopefully we get to hear from the first-round pick in a few minutes. Also, something that I was looking at on our draft board that's still up, our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft, we had the first four picks, correct? Nice. <laughs> first four. There you And then it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, see, yeah, that's not bad. You know, four out of 31 ain't bad. So uh, there's that. How about my guy, Emmanuel Forbes? And it's so funny. I was Man, I was so exhausted last night trying to do uh, the podcast. I didn't get out of here. I think I couldn't tell you what time I got back. Uh, to the Airbnb, it was after it was it was it was sometime today. Let's just put it like that. But I was so exhausted uh, and, and kind of disgusted at the fact that Emmanuel Forbes went off the board so high. He went number sixteen to Washington. I went back and <laughs> thought about it. I was like, it's one of those things. You know, when you wake up and you're like, I think I did something wrong. When I when I woke up this morning, I was like, you know what? I think I said in my podcast he went to the Steelers. I did. I said he went to the Steelers at 16. He definitely went to the Washington Commanders at 16. So that's how exhausted I was. But then at the same time, all I could think of was, did I get that wrong? Did I? Yeah, I did. So there you go. Emmanuel Forbes, the guy I was talking about could potentially go at the end of round one, goes all the way in the middle of round one, right, to Washington. Joey Porter's still on the board. But what was something that we talked about in a, great, in, in a major way, DeMond? Ball production, 
And you know what he had? He had ball production. He went early in the draft, right? And, and that's just Devin Witherspoon was considered the number one uh, DB. He went early, and then the next guy is Emmanuel Forbes, right? Christian Gonzalez. Which, which What number did Christian Gonzalez go? I know he went to the Patriots. But 17 right after 17, Forbes. 17 right after him. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, yeah, Emmanuel Forbes, then Christian Gonzalez. So that lets you know how much that ball production really did matter. And Joey Porter, a guy that didn't have any interceptions in school, is still waiting to hear his name. I think he'll get his name called first with the Pittsburgh Steelers today, but still, he's still waiting to hear his name. Well, Demond, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the opening drive because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wait for uh, Ty, Tyree to, to to take the podium. And if he does, then just let me know, and, and we'll go ahead and just get right into it. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So before we get to go to the phone lines and maybe hear from Tyree if he uh, takes the podium there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, I got an opportunity to talk to Joel Klatt on Wednesday, and, and we played the whole like four or five-minute little chunk that I played the other day. But I wanted you to hear specifically what Joel Klatt had to say when I asked him about Tyree Wilson. What are your thoughts on Tyree Wilson at yeah. Texas Tech? I like him a lot. When you actually – like, for instance, if, you, if I were to sit here and show you – the sacks for Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, you'd be like, oh, man, give me Tyree Wilson. You know, now, is he as well-rounded as Will Anderson? Probably not. Is the upside potential maybe a little bit higher? Absolutely. His length and power and speed, the combination, he's going to have to get over some some injury red flags. I just don't think he's going to be available for for Vegas. If he is, I, I would be ecstatic if I were the Raiders. So there was Joel Klatt, just a quick few seconds of what uh, he had to say uh, about Tyree Wilson in specifics when I talked to him on Wednesday over at Arthur Bryant's barbecue spot uh, here in Kansas City. But wanted to also let you hear, you know, the actual selection of Tyree Wilson and then the other guys from NFL Network like Charles Davis and Daniel Jeremiah give you a little bit of breakdown of the new Las Vegas Raider. With the seventh pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select... Tyree Wilson, defensive end, Texas Tech. And with Tyree Wilson going, he is this year's Trayvon Walker, DJ, because this is the traits aspect of it. Will Anderson's production doubled it in terms of sacks. Look at his comp on the bottom of the screen. It was Chandler Jones, who now is going to be his teammate. When you have 35 and 5-8-inch arms, that suit we just saw was not off the rack. I can promise you that. This guy uses that length. He attacks blocks. He plays aggressive. He wants to be always moving forward. He's going to be able to close the backside with his speed. You see the power, speed to power. And again, those long arms of his, he gets into the chest of a tackle and it's over. Again, watch him just collapse that inside long arm. He did not see a lot of great offensive tackles on his schedule this year. That's going to be an adjustment for him. But this dude has a lot in his body. He's got tremendous upside. There is Daniel Jeremiah right there, Charles Davis, talking about the newest Las Vegas Raider and Tyree Wilson. And when we have Sam Kahn on in about 15 minutes, we'll uh, ask him about the competition that Tyree faced there in the Big 12 and the offensive tackles that he went up against. And what does he think he'll do on the next level? Again, a guy that uh, covers all the college football in the state of Texas, does a fantastic job. So he'll join us at 1230. But Raider Nation, I want to get your thoughts. 702-365-9200. What are your thoughts on the selection of Tyree Wilson at number seven? You can also hit us on the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187 keyword R&R. Ty in Missouri said, Q, 
I think it was a great pick. In all the talk in mock drafts for the last two months, he was always gone off the board to the point of where when they read his name, I almost forgot who he was or that he was still available. We're lucky to have him. That's Ty in Missouri. Mailman Raider Q, personally, very happy to have the Chandler Jones replacement. My main uh, want at seven was D-line, and that's what they did. So finally a pick I'm happy with. For the second pick, I selfishly want Porter because that's my last name, and I'll snag that jersey real quick. But also fits a need and seems like he'd be a real steal in round two. I like that. That fills multiple needs right there. And I think that Porter would be well a good, a good player as well. The only thing I don't like about him, and, and I say don't like, and I guess that's probably the wrong way to say it, is he just didn't have the ball production in school. And I really prefer to see uh, and the Raiders get a guy that does have the ball skills that can take the ball away because they just don't have that guy, and they haven't had that guy for a very long time. But, again, we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Amon? John, it's all Lake. John, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Thanks for taking my call, Q and Damon. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Absolute, absolute solid pick. Now, you got to understand there's going to be a lot of Raider fans that are upset because that's all they know. You could have right. said Lawrence Taylor last night, and yep. they would have been mad because they're so used to the same thing year and year. Now, I'll say this about Jalen Carter. Your interview with Jalen Carter put the icing on the cake for me, and if anybody don't – understand why the Raiders didn't take Jaden Carter, go listen to that interview. That yeah. was that was it for me with Jaden Carter. I, I'm just not sold on this guy's work ethic. And so I was glad when the Raiders passed on him. And I think going forward, if we can come out of this draft with around four quality, maybe just four potential quality defensive starters, I think this draft will be a success. And Thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Is it time to go to the podium? All right, Damon says it's time to go to the podium. Let's take it to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center here for the newest Raider, Tyree Wilson. Your friendship and relationship being Red Raider brothers and now going to be enemies on the football field. Uh, you know, uh, Pat's, Pat's from the same area I'm from. Uh, and, you know, I know his family. Uh, and then it's ironic that me and him both went to Texas Tech. And, you know, now we're in the same division. So it's going to be a lot of competition and, you know, excitement for Texas Tech and East Texas. I know you were here for the 30 visit, and you've only been here this morning, but impressions of the, the organization uh, that you're now playing for? Well, you know, I knew the Raiders uh, as a kid. You know, it's a great a great organization with a lot of history, a lot of great traditions. And, you know, I'm excited to be uh, at a pro, at an organization where a lot of great pass rushers have been before me. Has the, uh, <clears throat> what has the last 18 hours been like for you since you were drafted? Been hectic, you know. It's it was high. It was highs, you know, with the family. Now you got on the flight. You could actually, you know, stay low. And now I'm here, you know, at, at my job. You said you know uh, Patrick's family. So do you guys go back even further than the Texas Tech since you grew up in the, in the same area? How, how long have you known him? Well, you know, it's not like no, you know, no. Uh, I know of of Pat. You know, his, his extended family's from from my area, uh, where I went to high school in New London, Texas. So, you know, I know I know Pat's family more than I know him. Tyree, I was told your high school mascot was a Raider, so you were a Raider in college. Did mm -hmm. you almost feel destined to be a Raider in the NFL? Yes, definitely. And, you know, I'm excited to be a Raider and continue to be a Raider. Tyree, uh, uh, General Dave Ziegler said uh, last night that you made it pretty clear when you were here in conversations with him that this is where you wanted to be. What was it about this visit and this organization and what you saw here that kind of convinced you that this is really where you wanted to be? I say first, you know, the people inside inside the building. Uh, I, I feel like they make make the organization. You know, they they care about the players. Uh, 
and you know it's a lot of it's two other great pass rushers, uh, Max and Chandler, and you know I would want to come there and you know learn from the best and you know take my game to another level. With your hand in the ground and, and upright, can you envision playing maybe off of Max or off of Chandler along with them? All really, the guys really, just fitting in wherever wherever they need me, and you know, help helping out, and then you know, uh, be able to give breaks whenever I can. On those same lines, uh, what do you like about this scheme a little bit that maybe you've been able to dive into it a bit? Uh, you know, I'm new. I'm new to the Raiders. I haven't really got into the scheme yet, but I know I know they get after the the uh, quarterback, and, you know, I'm excited to do that. All right, welcome to Las Vegas, and congratulations on being drafted by the Raiders. Um, my question you. to you is, what are some of your strengths that you think you bring to the table? Uh, you know, first, uh, Raiders are tough, smart, and dependable, so I feel like I bring that, and, you know, a versatile player to be able to play play anywhere uh, in the defense. Have you been able to meet with anyone yet outside of the coach? I saw you did that on social media, but has any of the players maybe reached out to you or talked to you since you've been drafted? Definitely. Uh, you know, Max hit me up, and then, you know, being in here, I went into the weight room and, you know, uh, introduced myself to all the, all the players that were in there. What was their message kind of to you? Did anybody have anything uh, really just, exciting for you? You know, happy for me to be here and, you know, ready to, you know, ready to work and feed off each other. There's a lot of talent that comes out of East Texas. What does it mean to you to get the chance to represent that area at the next level? Uh, you know, I'm uh, excited to keep the legacy rolling. Uh, it's a lot of great football players in East Texas and in Texas in general. Uh, and I'm excited to be one of those players. Sorry, whether it was the Senior Bowl or the NFL Combine, what were the interactions that you had with the Raiders coaches leading into it? And how, how did you go? Uh, you know, I met with the Raiders back at the Senior Bowl, uh, you know, Dave Ziegler, we had we had a uh, great conversation, and you know, great meeting, and then came here on the top thirty visit, and it's been it's been great, and I'm excited to be a Raider. Harry, you had mentioned that you really wanted to go to Texas A&M um, for whatever reason, didn't didn't work out there. Uh, you transferred to Texas Tech. What was that whole experience like? Um, maybe leaving one place and finding a new beginning at a, at a new school. Uh, it was it was a real smooth transition. I feel like uh, it was it was a tough time for. You know, the country was during COVID, so you know, building a relationship was important, and you know, just trusting the coaches that they was going to develop me best as possible, and they did. What are some of your goals as you enter your rookie year um, for yourself personally? Uh, goals, uh, first, you know, to to help the defense as any way possible, and you know, uh, win as many games as we can, and hopefully get to a Super Bowl in Vegas. Thank you. I know it's I know it's early, but have you picked a number yet? Uh, no, I have not picked a number yet. Any uh, any any ideas on where you might be leaning and the significance? No, you know I don't. I haven't talked about what no, what numbers are available yet, but uh, I'll be picking a number soon. I read uh, Dave Ziegler last night and Champ Kelly both commended you that when they sat down in your thirty visit, you were quick to talk about areas that you need to improve. They mm-hmm. like that. Can you talk to us? What are some areas that when you see you on film, you're like, I got to I gotta improve that? Well, you know, uh, college and NFL are, you know, different different levels. So, you know, I want to improve my technique uh, going against other great uh, offensive tackles and offensive linemen and also, you know, locking locking people out and, you know, playing with the, with the uh, long arms that, you know, God gave me. How did you first get into football, and what did making the NFL become like a realistic goal for you? Like the real, something that would seem like a real thing you could accomplish. I mean, from Texas, you know, every kid, every kid wants to play in the NFL. Uh, 
you know, I was a big physical kid uh, growing up, and, you know, mom put me in, in football, you know, never turned back. I just kept working and, you know, growing and falling in love with football, and now I'm here. Were you doing other sports too, Tyree, or was it just football from the moment you put the pads on and that was it? Uh, when I when I grew up, I was playing basketball, and, you know, I did football, and then I, when I got into junior high, I got into track. Are there any of these other sports that you, you've been into, do any of them feel like you've taken something from them that you can apply to your game as a football player? Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, track, you know, in corporate speed, uh, you got to be able to run and play football, and then... You know, basketball, you know, you got to be able to move and, you know, be agile. And you got to also have that in football to be a, a great pass rusher. What were your events in track and what position did you play uh, in basketball? Uh, in track, you know, I ran all the relays, 4x1, 4x2, and 4x4. And then in, in basketball, I was, you know, four. Were, were you this tall uh, running the, the, in high school? Uh, I, was, I was about 6'5", 220. What's the best thing about uh, rushing the quarterback for you? We like it so much about doing that and, and sacking the quarterback. Uh, I feel like you gotta. Not everybody can rush rush the quarterback. You gotta have some about you. You gotta have great technique, uh, and also you gotta be be physical and, and dominant to get to the quarterback. How does your lack of a better term? How does your your wingspan help you get to the quarterback? And what exactly is? It? I've seen so many different numbers on what it is. What what is it to you? Uh, really, you gotta. Uh, you know, I like I like doing long arm pass rush moves, be able to uh, use use my long arms and you know be able to compress the pocket and also have counters off of it, and also you know reaching reaching on the quarterback to create turnovers to give you know give the ball back to the offense. Sorry, who was the toughest opponent you went up and matched up one on one with? Toughest opponent after this one. Uh, I would I would probably say uh, I don't know B. John Robinson. You know, he's, he was the best opponent I went against in my college career. There's Tyree Wilson right there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, a little from him. Uh, I like the answer that he had on the on the long arms. And you know, of course, Max Crosby, who's going to be his running buddy, has the long wingspan as well, the condor. So uh, I, I'm excited to see that combination. I'm excited to see him, Max, and Chandler Jones all on the field at the same time. And I think we're going to see a lot of that, especially early on. Uh, he eventually will be the, the guy that replaces Chandler Jones. But I think it'll be really good to see him be able to learn from Chandler Jones and Max Crosby Crosby and uh, and Tyree are very similar, uh, from very small cities in uh, in in Texas, you know, and uh, and of course uh, Tyree from East Texas, and uh, that's you know that's a that's a very small community right there. So when he says he knows Patrick Mahomes and their family, it's it's a reason why <laughs> there's not there's not a lot of folks out there in the Tyler area, the East Texas area, uh, Rusk, all that. It's 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 a very small community. So uh, I'm excited about Tyree getting getting to know everyone in that building and getting to work and. Uh, that's what he's really all about. He told me last night, you know, he, he l- learned a little bit about Vegas, but he's all about business, right? He's there, he's there for business. So uh, that's the kind of mindset you got to have going there and get ready to get to work. As he said at the beginning of the presser, you heard him say, I'm at my job now. So definitely like that. To get a little bit more about Tyree Wilson, we'll turn our attention to Sam Kahn from The Athletic. He'll join us next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
Got my man DeMond Cotton back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here in Kansas City, the site of the NFL Draft. Round one is in the books, and the Raiders have a new player, Tyree Wilson. Just heard from him as he's having his introductory press conference at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, the young man from Texas Tech. Joining us now on the phone lines to give us a little bit of insight onto who Tyree Wilson is, is a guy that has covered him and all the schools there in the state of Texas. That's my guy, Sam Kahn from The Athletic. He is what we call the Texpert. And Sam, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And when it comes to Tyree Wilson, man, he's a Raider through and through. He was a Raider in high school, a Red Raider in college, and now he's a Las Vegas Raider, man. What, what, what are your thoughts on Tyree Wilson? What did you think when you heard that he went number seven to the Raiders? Uh, first off, just, just happier for him. He, he's a great guy, and it was a great player in the college level, obviously a Texas guy through and through. Uh, I think he moved here when he was two, so so even though he wasn't born here, he, he's a Texan by our standards, Yeah, certainly, uh, playing Texas high school football and you know starting his career at A&M, Texas A&M, and then transferring to Texas Tech, and uh, you know, great, great get. I mean, he's a big guy, you know, 6'5", 270, great length, really explosive, big-time effort player, and just really was a huge asset to Texas Tech's defense these last couple of years, and especially this year. You know, Texas Tech went to bowl games uh, two years in a row, which is the first time they've done that since 2014, and uh, their defense has really taken a step forward. Once upon a time, they were known as a team that, you know, scored 50 points a game, and Cliff Kingsbury was there, and they were throwing it all around, and their defense was an afterthought and one of the worst in the country. And Tyree is one of the guys who's helped kind of flip that narrative now to where Texas Tech is a tough defensive team, a hard-nosed team, and, and they play really well on that side of the ball now. And I think Tyree in his last couple of years has been a big part of that. You know, and the one thing I wanted to ask you, and you kind of mentioned it, was that he was, you know, at Texas A&M and then transferred to Texas Tech. What changed for him? What what made Texas Tech a better location than than being an Aggie there in College Station? I think it was just opportunity. Uh, he he was committed to the previous staff, Kevin Sumlin, who was the head coach at Texas A&M through the 2017 season. He committed the summer uh, before Sumlin's last season, and then of course they made the change to Jimbo Fisher. And he still stayed with A&M and ended up signing and, and with that staff and spent a couple of years there. Uh, but uh, but I think Jimbo Fisher and Mike Gucko, they're great coaches, but I think the opportunity to play and get a little bit more time was just uh, a little bit more available somewhere else. And Texas Tech ended up being that place. Matt Wells, who was the coach at Texas Tech, was very heavily using the transfer portal uh, to kind of rebuild that roster and, and upgrade the talent, especially on the defensive line. And uh, and when Wilson went in there, that that was a guy that identified. He came in right before I think that 2020 season, and uh, he played a little bit. He was, you know, they had to get him acclimated to Texas Tech and everything. But he showed some flashes of what he could be, and then he started to kind of hit his own uh, in his second year there. And then last year, of course, really exploded uh, and, and had a had an All American caliber season. But I think it was just opportunity. They had so many guys at Texas A&M on that defensive line. And you saw, I think, most of those guys last year that got drafted off that line, those were all guys that were playing in front of him. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like that he, he wasn't a great player. It's just that that defensive line was stacked with talent, and I think he just – it was a chance for an opportunity to get a, a little bit quicker to the field than he would have gotten at A&M. 
Talking all things Tyree Wilson right now with Sam Kahn from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. Since you are the tech expert, I've got to ask you a little bit about high school football. When Tyree was coming out, he was only a three-star prospect. So what is that difference where when a guy you know only ranked three stars, what does that say about him to be able to get drafted inside the top ten in the NFL draft? Oh, it, it's a ton. It, it's about growth. It's about development. And, and that was the thing I think you saw, A&M saw that, and a lot of other schools. I mean, he got a lot of offers. Even though he was a three-star, he got offers from a lot of Power 5 programs. Uh, Texas offered him, Florida, uh, Arkansas, Nebraska, Ole Miss. I mean, we're, we're talking Mississippi State. He committed to Washington State, uh, I think, before he ended up committing to A&M. And so even though he was ranked as a three-star, people identified him and realized that this is a kid that had traits that could project to the next level. And it was more a question of could he reach that ceiling? Could he develop into that guy? He wasn't necessarily going to come in as a ready-made day-one starter that you would expect in maybe a five-star or high four-star level recruit. But if you were willing to be patient and put in the time, that he had the traits and physical ability to get there. But, but obviously that development requires a lot from him in terms of his personal effort, his personal development, his focus on his craft. And, boy, the amount that he grew from the time he signed as a recruit to what he was last year, it's amazing because it's, it's a night and day difference. And he really did fulfill his potential, I think, or came close to fulfilling his potential at the college level, and it was a great developmental story, not just at, at A&M, but at Texas Tech mostly, because he really came a long way as a prospect. When it comes to the conferences in college football, we always hear about the SEC. It's the closest to NFL football, but it's still an adjustment. So what's the difference between the Big 12, that level of competition that he saw there, as opposed to what he's going to see at the NFL level? It's just the depth uh, at the line of scrimmage. because there, I think the Big 12 does take a hit for the count level, but it's not, they don't have bad players in the Big 12. It's just the number of great players they have in the Big 12. The SEC leads the country every year in the amount of draft picks for good reason. And one of them is because they don't just have great offensive linemen and defensive linemen on the starting five in some of these teams, but it's the next group. And it's that next guys on the depth chart that it really can shine through. And so, he saw some really good tackles and some really good offensive linemen at the Big 12 level, but I think you just see them on a more regular basis in the SEC. And so that'll be the interesting adjustment is now he's going to be going up against elite tackles and elite athletes every single Sunday. And that that is going to be an adjustment. That's an adjustment even for an SEC player, but at the Big 12 level, you just don't see as many guys who are going to be future NFL guys. You do see some. You just don't see them as frequently as you do in the SEC. Usually they're coming from Oklahoma, right? <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of those Oklahoma tackles that are in the league. Again, Sam Kahn is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. So, Sam, I mean, you've you've covered the whole state and you've seen Tyree a lot. What would you say, uh, call his, his biggest asset or his biggest skill, what he brings to the table that will really stand out the most? I think his length, number one, just because he, he's a big guy, he's long, and, and he's got some real explosiveness. But the thing that really stood out to me over – over time was his effort. He is not a guy who takes plays off. And it's really easy as an edge rusher, especially when you're here in, in Texas and it's, you know, we're in September, October, and it's, you know, still 90 plus degrees and the humidity is crazy. It is very easy to just take a breather and just say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to rush the quarterback here, but we're going to, 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it at half speed because you know I've got to preserve myself for you know the end of this game. He he never really did that in my eyes. He he was a guy at least when I watched him. He he was always going a hundred percent, and and they were smart with him at Texas Tech. It wasn't like he was playing you know ninety snaps every game, and they, they they that part of that is they started build better depth on the defensive line these last couple of years. But that I I was always impressed with how well he played not just effort-wise chasing the quarterback, but if the ball was on the other side of the field or if the play was going away from him, he was not going to give up. And, and I think that's you find that in great players, guys who are not going to give up and are going to play to the whistle. And when you combine that with his physical attributes, which speak for themselves, that's when you got a, a really great player with a high C, and I think that's a big reason why you see him go in the top ten like he did. Yeah, I know that there was so much momentum built up about him going really high. As a matter of fact, it was actually a shock that he didn't go higher than, than he did. I was surprised he was there at seven for the Raiders to take, but I'm glad that they did. I think that they got a heck of a player. Now, I know his season got cut short because of the foot injury. He ended up having surgery. Was there ever an official title of what the injury was? Was that like an official lens, Frank, or was that something else? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know Joey McGuire said it, it was some kind of break. I don't remember it specifically, and I don't know if they ever did get real specific with it, and I know part of that probably was because of the draft process. <laughs> right. <laughs> they probably wanted to protect his uh, his stock as, as that went through. But it, it definitely sounded to me when it happened uh, as something that I think if, it, if the circumstances were different and he wasn't about to go in the draft, that – that, that maybe there would have been a chance that if he wanted to try to play through it, maybe he could have tried. Uh, but but that was something that Texas Tech was not going to let him do because I think as soon as that happened and they got the news, Joey McGuire's message was, hey, we're not going to take any risk with this. You know, you've got to sit out. You're done because you've got a future to worry about. And, and, and that makes 100% sense, and I, I think that was smart on Texas Tech's part, obviously on Tyree's part. But, yeah, I, I don't know the specifics of it, but I do know that it's something that as soon as it happened, they were just like, we're just going to shut it down. And they only had a couple games left in the season. It just made a ton of sense to shut it down, forget the bowl game, and, and just get ready for the draft because they knew he had a bright future in front of them. Yeah, and he had a ton of production uh, his last year there at Tech anyway, so he'd already put everything he needed to on film. Again, Sam Conn is our guest here, Raider Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demont. Since you are the Texpert, I've got to ask you, with the five guys that were drafted in last night's first round that have the Texas ties, college or high school, who do you think is going to have the best rookie season? Ooh. That's a great question. I, I guess part of that depends also on fit, on guys, where they ended up. Personally, the, the guy that's most ready-made to me, in my opinion, is B. John Robinson, uh, who got drafted by Atlanta, obviously a pick right after. Yep. He, to me... I can't get over, and I was just uh, tweeting about him just a minute ago. I was like, I'm really going to miss watching that guy <laughs> at the college level because he is, to me, is perfectly ready-made for the NFL game and what the NFL game is in 2023. The, the, the backs now these days, they use them in so many ways, and, and they're an asset in the passing game. And he that, that's one thing that he was that at Texas, but I, I still wonder if they didn't use that, if they could have used that even more than they did because he has got tremendous ability to go catch the ball. Uh, I I think there was – I can't remember what game it was. I think it was against Iowa State. There was a ball over the middle of the field, about 25 yards down the field, on like a seam route that he had to go up and get. It was like watching – it was like watching an all-pro receiver go do it. And I was just like, this is – this kid's amazing. (laughs) And he's a guy that I think you could plug and play right away in in Atlanta. And and I think he's going to thrive. I think – 
he, to me, in, in 11, 12 years of covering college football in the state of Texas, he is the best running back I've seen. Uh, he has the acceleration that comes out of his cut, the, the ability to change direction, the explosiveness, the hands, the versatility, you know, good blocker, the whole nine. I, I, to me, he is the guy that I think is going to really, really shine right away. And we're going to, and I know part of this too, and, and you say, okay, running backs, they're not as valued any much because of, you know, the wear and tear and, and how long their career shelf life is and all that stuff. But, and so there was talk about, Hey, do you take a running back in the first round? To me, this guy was one of the best guys in the draft bar none, regardless of even if you take position value into account, he's just that good. And I think I'm excited to see what he's going to do at the next level. I am too. I think he's fantastic. Got to see him a lot while he was there in Austin playing for UT, playing against Baylor, playing against everyone in the Big 12. Uh, he was just an absolute monster. I wanted to ask you about Quentin Johnston. That's my guy. I covered him at high school, Temple Temple High, and uh, now he's a, a Charger, and he's playing in the AFC West. He's going to be going up against the Raiders twice a year. What do you think Quentin Johnston is going to do on the next level? I think he's going to be really good, and, and I'm, I'm fascinated to see how much he gets utilized because that was one thing is, his first couple of years at TCU, I don't think they utilized him quite enough. And they were at a little bit different in terms of philosophy. Gary Patterson, who was the coach there for a long time, more of a defensive guy. They were not always very aggressive offensively. And they changed that last year with Garrett Riley and the offensive coordinator there, who's now at Clemson, when TCU made their run to the national championship. And they definitely made made it a point to feed Quentin a lot more. And I think – what you see was some versatility. You saw Quentin is not only a guy that can go down, go up down the field and get the ball. He's got the physical ability to go up and get it, but he's also a guy you could give it to on the jet sweeps. He's a guy you can get it out on a crossing route and get him moving and get him in space. And he's got that explosiveness to run away from guys. He, he physically just he, to me he he may, meets everything you need from from a receiver standpoint. And, and I'm excited to see what he can do. It, it's just to me I'm curious to see how do they utilize him once he gets to the next level. What's his role going to be, and how often can they feed him? Because I think he is a matchup problem for for opposing corners. Yeah, he is, and uh, he's got a really good quarterback going to be throwing on the ball, <laughs> Justin Herbert. So that's going to be uh, fun to watch, and I'll at least get to see him up close and personal twice a year. Sam, we'll end with this. We started talking Tyree Wilson. We were talking Red Raiders, so let's close talking Red Raiders. And Joey McGuire, the head coach there, got him to a bowl game, uh, had a really good season there in Lubbock. Uh, what does Joey McGuire bring to the table as a head coach? He's done it on the high school level, did as an assistant at Baylor, and now as the head man there at, uh, at Texas Tech. He brings a lot of energy, and, and I know you probably saw him at Baylor. Just mm-hmm. he is—I feel like he's a a walking espresso shot. I mean, he's, <laughs> he is like going ninety miles an hour at all times. And it's funny because you see it on the mic or you see it at a press conference, and it seems like okay, maybe that's the show. No, man, if you're around that guy every day, that's how he is every mm-hmm. single day. And that that is infectious in that building. He's put together a really good coaching staff. I was really, especially for a first-time head coach, I was impressed with the mix of veteran guys and young up-and-comers that he was able to hire on that staff. They retained almost everybody. I think they only lost one assistant. They bring back a lot of production this year. I really do think this year they could be one of those sleeper teams in the Big 12, maybe potentially good enough to sneak in the Big 12 title game if things Mm. break right for them. But I I think long-term – if they if he is there for the next three four years, I think he's going to have Texas Tech back on a trajectory where they're a relevant factor in the conference, kind of like they were 
in the Mike Leach era where they're not necessarily going to win the conference every year, but they're at least going to be in the mix or in the conversation and be a team that's going to be a tough out, especially when you go over to Lubbock where, as you know, on a Saturday night in Lubbock, yeah. things get a little hairy down there. So uh, I, I think he's got them all going in the right direction, and, and I think his energy and his management ability, his, the way he mentors guys, the way he coaches guys, I think, I think he's been a great fit for them, and they've looked for somebody like him in Lubbock for a long time. Yeah, they have, man. I'm so happy for him. I was hoping to catch up with him last night, but I just didn't get to, a chance to run into him as he was here in Kansas City watching Tyree get drafted as well. Well, Sam, fantastic stuff as always, man. We appreciate you giving us a few minutes. What do you got coming out on the athletic that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, we got we got right now. We're in the transfer portal window, so next <laughs> week, uh, you know, the, the transfer portal uh, window closes on Sunday. Uh, so we'll have a lot of we'll have a lot of coverage about uh, what teams did, who won, who lost, and what these rosters are going to look like uh, going into the season. So while, while the draft's going on, college football kind of has its own free agency going on. So we've got plenty of that uh, coming down the pike here in the next week or two. And sooner rather than later, you'll be back in the press box watching games on Saturday and uh, talking about what you're seeing out there on those fields. So uh, it'll be football season sooner rather than later before you know it. Sam, great stuff, man. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Take care. All right, brother, there you go. Sam Kahn from The Athletic, fantastic job. The Texpert covers all things Texas college football and gives us a really good background, a little skinny on Tyree Wilson, the newest member of the Las Vegas Raiders. 12.48 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one with your calls in Texas, Raider Nation Radio, 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got Jason Horowitz coming up at the top of the hour. He's hosting another NFL draft. It's like 11 or 12 years straight. Of course, Jason, the voice of the silver and black. He'll join us at the top of the hour to talk all things, uh, what's going on here at the draft, and, of course, what he thought of the Raiders' first selection in Tyree Wilson and what's next, right? I mean, we're talking a lot of things about Tyree Wilson because that was the first pick, but day two is today, right? Rounds two and three, and they've got three picks as of right now. Starting at number 38. So we'll talk to Jason about that coming up at the top of the hour. Got a couple quick texts I want to get to in a call. Uh, why do people keep saying he's going to back up Chandler? Talking about Tyree Wilson. We took him at seven. So you best believe he's starting day one. Chandler will fill in for him and Crosby when needed. But Chandler does not have any business getting more playing time than Wilson. He was average at best last season. That's from the 806. And, yeah, you're not wrong about that at all. I'm excited to see all three on the field at the same time. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, he he's got to go in there one and and earn the starting job. Uh, I don't think anything is going to be given to him. Uh, you know, he's going to have to. He's still working his way back from the injury as well. But uh, yeah, he he's he's going to earn that job. He's going to have to earn that job. But I mean, yeah, the, obviously the plan is for him to be uh, the starter moving forward at some point, right? And so who knows if that'll be immediately at day one, but. Again, I mean, they didn't pick him at seven for him to be some kind of a backup for very long. I mean, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna say that what the company line, uh, everything is earned, everything is earned, everything is earned, and that's that's exactly what it's gonna be. But I'm more excited about seeing them on the field, all three at the same time. I think that's the move that we want to see sooner rather than later. Uh, one more quick text from the 702. I love the pick, love the value. All the draft picks are gambles, but I love the odds of this pick working out long-term. That's from the 702. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. 702-365-9200. Hardcore Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? I'll be honest, man. I love the draft pick. You know, I called yesterday. I said if Tyree Wilson were to follow the Raiders, uh, it would be a smart decision for the Raiders to get them. I think a lot of us in Raider Nation uh, and just football fans, I think we lose track of what some of the successful franchises do, as in, 
you know, if you're ready to move on from a player at some point in time in the future, you got to draft the replacement one year before you get rid of that guy. And that, that can shorten that uh, young player's uh, learning curve and develop them, and they can get to, you know, succeed a lot faster, in my opinion, if you draft somebody to learn behind a, a pro and somebody that knows a lot of the tricks and things like that. Um, and, you know, uh, there are certain positions I wouldn't draft in the top ten, but edge rusher is definitely one of them, especially what some of these guys are making uh, contract-wise if you were to get someone free agency versus the draft. But with that being said, I'm mind-blowing my guy, Hendon Hooker, is still on the board. Raiders have an opportunity still to get our franchise quarterback, and it, it, I don't think he's going to be there at 38 if we don't trade up, so I'd love to see the Raiders trade up to either 32 with the Steelers or 33 with the Cardinals. So they got one chance to get this right. Let's go, Raiders. Hey, there you go. Good call. And, and I thought about you as soon as the round one was over uh, because Hendon Hooker was still on the board. And, and they do have that opportunity. You're absolutely right. I mean, they've got that opportunity. They've got uh, multiple picks in the third round. I was talking to uh, a guy that covers the Steelers before the show started, and he, he was talking about uh, trading back. And, and there's many reports that, that they're fielding t- uh, calls from multiple teams. So we'll see. We'll see exactly how it shakes out. But, yeah, if they, they feel the need to go up there and, and get him, they have, they have the means to get it done, let's put it like that. 12.56 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, and he's here uh, covering the draft and uh, hosting the whole draft for like the 10th, 11th, 12th year in a row, whatever the case may be. We'll get all the details with Jason next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.